Good morning, everyone. Uh, how are you? It's been a while. Um, so today in our fifth podcast uh, episode, we will talk about uh, Jack Shaheen uh, and um, uh, Naomi Shihab Nye again, uh, uh, which, uh, which is um, the letter I talked about last time uh, or in one of my episodes. A letter from uh, Naomi Shihab Nye and um, uh, my friend uh, Muna also is with me. How are you, Muna? Hello, Hayat. How are you? I'm okay. Thank you. Uh, can you tell us what you're going to talk about today? Uh, yeah, today I picked a poem uh, called Guidelines by so- uh, Lisa Suhair Majaj, who's also an Arab-American poet. I'm excited to hear all about that. Um, I just uh, was looking at my calendar and I saw that it was Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, I'm just like, um, uh, you know, nostalgic for the, some turkey and stuffing. I don't know if you oh, have yes. Yes, any memories uh, with Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, it, it was from, from memories. I remember that everything used to be closed on Thanksgiving. And I think one time I tried to cook, you know, you know, a small piece of turkey <laughs> to be part of that day, I mean. Yes, um, it's so weird because now we're in, in a different like geographic location. So uh, you just look at it on the calendar. But like when we were there, you feel it, you see it everywhere, which is really amazing. Exactly, exactly. Yes. Okay, so um, uh, I want to talk today about uh, uh, like the important uh, works that highlight, I guess, uh, the burden of representation and how Arabs are trying to uh, distance themselves from the circulated images uh, being uh, stuck to them or to their bodies as, you know, being bad people or evil people. Um, I believe that Jacques Shaheen and uh, Nai are, uh, you know, the Arab-American poet. Um, and Jack Shaheen, of course, he's a famous uh, professor and uh, critic uh, known to uh, break down these like stereotypes about Arabs and Muslims and the imaginations of the West, the imagination of the West. And uh, he was best known, this is Jack Shaheen, he was best known for his books, Real Bad Arabs, How Hollywood Vilifies the People. And that's, uh, it was published in 2001. And then it later became a documentary film. Um, and then he uh, published uh, another book earlier, uh, which is called Arab and Muslim Stereotyping in American Popular Culture. And this was in 1997. Um, the TV Arab, I guess, was his breakthrough, and that was in 1984, uh, which is like an eight-year study that examined hundreds of shows uh, that showed, you know, Arabs in certain uh, in a certain light. Uh, and so um, I was looking yesterday, like so for uh, like some news articles that talked about Jack Shaheen, and I found one of his obituaries. Uh, um, it was written by. Uh, Adam Bernstein um, uh, and it was really interesting to see like uh, even in the West that he is uh, you know remember that this uh, person who's trying to uh, maybe not put things right but you know humanize uh, the Arab as as he once said in, in many of his interviews um, and so this is from the uh, obituary by Adam Bernstein 
um, uh, and um, he said that uh, television tends to uh, perpetuate four basic myths about Arab. He wrote in the TV Arab the book that initially raised his profile. So this was the book that made uh, it was a breakthrough. Uh, they are all fabulous, fabulously wealthy. They are barbaric and uncultured. They are sex maniacs uh, with a penchant for white slavery, and they revel in acts of terrorism. These notions are uh, as false as the assertions that blacks are lazy, Hispanics are dirty, Jews are greedy, and Italians are criminals. So he's trying to, you know, break down these stereotypes. Uh, mass images of Arabs as exotic and treacherous were uh, as old as Valentino in silent film. But Dr. Shaheen said that he'd never, um, they had never affected him in any concrete way until his children came to him excitedly one Saturday in 1976 while watching a wrestling program on television. And they said, Daddy, Daddy, he recalled them saying, um, uh, they've got some bad Arabs on. And walking to the set, he heard uh, the ringside announcer lapsing into vivid descriptions of a wrestler uh, purportedly from Saudi Arabia, uh, who likes to hear the cracking of bones, and he's ugly. Uh, but in truth, he later wrote in the TV Arab that uh, this so-called scourge of the Middle East hailed from Texas. Um, Dr. Shaheen found a cause that resonated with him on a scholarly and personal level. Uh, so in a flurry of books as well as lectures, debates, and frequent appearances on TV and radio, and he has hundreds of them, uh, he persistently called out uh, Hollywood studios and network television uh, for the one-dimensional and often uh, nefarious images of uh, Arabs. Uh, and uh, connecting this to uh, letters from Shahubi, Naomi Shahab Nye, uh, the Arab-American poet, uh, to any, uh, a letter to any would-be terrorist. I think this is one of the most sincerest letters I've ever re read. And um, uh, again, in it, she is trying to distance uh, the Arab identity from uh, that of a terrorist. In, uh, I think she's mostly uh, or most likely uh, to address audiences in the West too. Um, so she starts the letter by saying, I am sorry I have to call you that, but I don't know how else to get your attention. I hate that word. She's referring to terrorists. Do you know how hard some of us uh, have worked to get rid of that word, to deny its instant connection to the Middle East? And now look, look at what extra work we, ha we have. Not only did your colleges, uh, colleagues I'm sorry, kill thousands of innocents, international people in those buildings and scar their families forever. Uh, they wounded a huge community of people in the Middle East, in the United States and all over the world. If, that, uh, if that's what they wanted to do, please know the mission was terrible success and you can stop now because I feel a little closer to you than, any, than many Americans could possibly feel or ever want to feel. I insist that you listen to me. So she's kind of addressing the terrorist, you know, face to face here in this letter. Uh, sit down and listen. I know what kinds of foods you like. I would feed them to you if you were right here because it is very, very important that you listen. I am humble in my country's pain and I am furious. 
Um, and then she goes into telling the story of her Palestinian father and how he became a refugee in 1948. Um, and uh, he's like 74 years old now, she said, and still homesick. Uh, he has planted fig trees. He has invited all the Ethiopians in his neighborhood to fill their little paper sacks with her, his figs. Uh, ha he has written columns and stories saying that Arabs are not terrorists. He has worked all his life to defy that word. Arabs are businessmen and students and kind neighbors. Uh, there is no one like him and there are thousands like him. Gentle Arab uh, daddies uh, who make everyone laugh around the dinner table, uh, who have hard time with headlines, who stand outside in the evenings with their hands in their pockets staring towards the far horizon. I am sorry if you did not have a father like that. I wish everyone could have a father like that. And then she goes on to talk about her uh, mother also. Um, and she said, my hardworking American mother has spent 50 years trying to convince her fellow teachers and choir mates uh, not to believe stereotypes about the Middle East. She always told them there is much there is a much larger story. If you knew the story, you would not jump to conclusions from what you see in the news. But now look at the news. What a mess has uh, been made. Sometimes I wish everyone could have parents from different countries or ethnic groups so they would be forced to cross boundaries to believe in mixtures every day of, of their lives. Because this is what the world, world calls us to do. Wake up. And uh, she continues, I just love, uh, you know, the directness uh, uh, in her letter of talking to this, uh, uh, you know, uh, would-be terrorist. Uh, but she kind of ends it in a very um, interesting tone, uh, too. Um, uh, she said, we will die soon enough. Why not take the short time we have on this delicate planet and figure out some really interesting things we might do together? I promise you, God would be happier. So many people are always trying to speak for God. I know it is a very dangerous thing to do. I tried my whole life not to do it. But this one time is an exception because there are so many people crying and scared and confused and complicated and exhausted right now. It is as if we have all had a giant uh, uh, simultaneous uh, breakdown. I beg you as uh, your distant Arab cousin, as your American neighbor, listen to me. Our hearts are broken as uh, yours may also uh, feel broken in some ways we can't understand unless you tell us in words. Killing people won't tell us. We can't read that message. Find another way to live. Don't expect others to be like you. Read Rumi, read Arabic poetry. Poetry humanizes us in a way that news or even religion has a harder time doing. A great Arab scholar, Dr. Selma uh, Jayusi said, if we read uh, one another, we won't kill one another. So read American poetry, plant mint, find a friend who is different from you. You can't believe how much you have in common. Love them, let them love you. Surprise people in gentle ways as friends do. The rest of us will try harder to make our family proud. And she ends it with just her name, uh, Naomi Shihab Nai. Shihab Nai. I just love the way like she addressed uh, this, you know, would-be terrorist, uh, just as uh, I think it kind of sounded like a mother scolding her child uh, in the letter, but it was, you know, very direct. And she kind of was giving him orders to do this and not do that. Um, but yes, uh, this uh, was, uh, you know, my uh, part today talking about 
Jack Shaheen and how he also uh, was a great uh, critic who fought uh, for the Arab image or humanizing the Arab image and also Nai who um, again tries to distance herself from uh, this terrorist that everyone thinks that Arabs are all terrorists but they're not uh, and so I'm gonna pass the mic to Muna so she can tell us also more about uh, post 9-11 I guess reactions uh, yes Muna you have the, the floor uh, thank you, thank you, Haya. That was really, um, you know, interesting. And um, uh, just to uh, add one note, the tone in um, Nye's letter, it's not n- neither serious nor sarcastic, somewhere in the middle. Again, as you said, it's like a scolding, you know, from mother to her child. Yeah. And this tone is similar to the poem I chose. Uh, by uh, Majaz, Majaz today, which also reflect the plight of Arab Americans after 9-11, how to try to distance themselves, you know, from, you know, the attackers and how to try to assert themselves, you know, uh, again, assert their voice. Uh, so, um, Lisa Suher Majaj is one of the major influential figure in Arab American literature. Not only does she publish poetry, but she published books as an author and uh, a scholar. Uh, her, uh, uh, you know, uh, um, you know, uh, volume, uh, you know, poetry volume, Geography of Light, which was published in 2009. Um, I was reading the other day and uh, one poem actually caught my eye. Um, it's uh, titled uh, Guidelines. And here how it goes. If they ask you what you are, say Arab. If they flinch, don't react. Just remember your great, uh, your great aunt's eyes. If they ask you where you come from, say Toledo, Detroit, uh, Mission Viejo, Fall Springs, Topeka. If they seem confused, help them locate these places on a map. Then inquire casually, where are you from? Have you been here long? Do you like this country? If they ask what you eat, don't dissemble. If garlic is your secret friend, admit it. Likewise, crab cakes. If they say you're not American, don't pull out your personal wallet-sized flag. Instead, recall the Bill of Rights. Mention the Constitution, wear democracy like a favorite garment, comfortable, intimate. If they wave newspapers in your face and shout, stay calm, remember everything they never learned, offer to take them to the library. If they ask you if you're white, say it depends, say no, say maybe. If appropriate, inquire, have you always been white or is it recent? If you take to the streets in protest, link hands with whoever is beside you. Keep your eye on the colonizer's maps, geography's twisted strands and many colors of struggle. No matter how far you've come, remember, the starting line is always closer than you think. If they ask how long you plan to stay, say forever. Console them if they seem upset. Say, don't worry, you'll get used to it. Say, we live here, how about you? And that's the end of her uh, poem. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, so simply uh, this poem, which is, you know, aptly called guidelines, it's like a um, guideline, you know, tools for those Arab Americans who are now dealing with the repercussion, you know, of 9-11. 
who are now became uh, a national suspicion and they felt the need to drape themselves with with flags in order to prove their loyalty after you know uh, you know 9/11 so this poem is is really simple it's clear it's um, you know um, it's it, you know it's divided into you know simple questions um, it's you know the uh, the tone is calm you know um, it's uh, the, even though it's you know simple question it's actually clever it's surprising and it's it's uh, it's you know filled with with wisdom again it's a poem that not only specifically can be for arab american but also for any marginalized group and how to deal with such bullying if you want to say it and uh, to be specific actually it deal uh, it deals with you know uh, an important figure uh, an important issue that rises after 9/11 okay which is you know uh, um, you know the reaction okay that were you know against arabs and arab american living there and arab american whether they are christian or muslim doesn't matter at that point so there is an article you know written by uh, carol feda conry writing arab american identity post 911 yes and she she actually pointed out okay that uh, you know arab americans you know they dealt with global political repercussion of that at uh, that day you know triggered by the event of the 911 and they felt the need to assert their arab american uh, you know heritage nationality and, and literature you know afterwards so what she said is that the period following September 11 did not only generate a need on the part of Arab Americans and Muslim Americans to deflect the terrorism and radicalism charges targeting them but uh, you know uh, but has made it important for Arab American poets fictions uh, fiction writers journalists and atheists to point out the historical injustices that fellow Arabs in the Middle East were subjugated uh, you know subjected to by the uh, by the US as well for arab american writers like nai uh, you know uh, and other writers okay the opportunity to voice arab american concern uh, concerns in the period uh, after 9/11 helps uh, bring arab american literature into the limelight uh, thus lifting the shroud of uh, invisibility that uh, has uh, plagued arab americans for a long time Arab American literature then becomes an important tool to establish and practice self-representation and to dismantle blanket and inaccurate portrayal inherited in such generalizing concept like the one you mentioned in movies or in uh, you know these kind of stereotypes repeated stereotypes whether in uh, movies in books in, uh, in novels okay they try to you know uh, fight against it the response of many arab and muslim american writers to these types of uh, monolithic stereotypes that became especially rampant post 9/11 was to write their own versions of uh, what it means to be arab arab american or muslim living in a us that has become increasingly hostile towards them and uh, carol uh, feda conray concluded that uh, such an approach ultimately helps elevate the invisibility plaguing arab americans by enabling them to achieve the necessary autonomy needed to define and explore their multiplicity in their pursuit of agency and if you study arab american literature you'll notice this shift in the 80s and the 90s 
um most of most arab you know most themes in arab american literature is um memory of all you know uh, of the old land um you know uh, their parents memories nostalgia uh you know uh, certain food that linked them to home uh but then after 9-11 there is a huge shift okay there is a use of in asserting you know where, where writers are now trying to assert their voice try to self-represent themselves instead of allowing the news to represent them yeah uh, and that's it what i um and that's what i have for you today yes back to you Hayat. yeah thank you so much that was so informative uh, uh and i do believe um i like what you said that they always uh, like time go back to their uh, homelands and uh, I see that in a lot of anthologies too. If you remember, uh, like Rape Leaves and all like the feminist anthologies, because there are a lot of like uh, women writers in, in that anthology. That's why I call it a feminist one. Uh, but yes, they do reflect back on the way, uh, or even like the things that their parents suffered when they came to the new land, as they call it, and how yeah. they tried to assimilate or, you know, uh, distant themselves from the culture. Uh, so yes, the, those are amazing, uh, I guess, uh, topics and themes in, in Arab American literature in general. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. I hope you enjoyed uh, this podcast and um, uh, it's a bit it's a bit of a heavy topic this time. Uh, but I think it's a topic a topic that we uh, have to talk about. So um, since we are talking about Arab Americans uh, and their literature. So yes, please wait uh, for more to come in our upcoming uh, episodes. And um, um, have a lovely, wonderful day. Thank you, Muna. Thank you, Haya. Thank you all. <laughs>